Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Monday, August 24th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Tropical Storm Marco inches closer to the Gulf Coast, while Laura expects to strengthen before landfall later this week. And we are in unprecedented times. We are dealing with not only two potential storms, we are also dealing with COVID-19. State officials prepare residents for dangers associated with the looming tropical cyclones, plus healthy habits to strengthen the immune system ahead of an unprecedented flu season. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Tropical Storm Marco is expected to move along the lower portions of the southeast Louisiana coastal parishes today and tonight, potentially bringing heavy rain, storm surge, and coastal flooding to the Mississippi Gulf Coast counties. In the southeastern Gulf, Tropical Storm Laura poses a threat of hurricane-force winds and rain later in the week. We're now joined by Freddie Ziegler, meteorologist with the National Weather Service in New Orleans. Good morning, Freddie. Good morning, Karen. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are things down there uh, in the New Orleans area? Uh, pretty hectic. I'm dealing with the historic situation where we have two systems uh, within a, well, impacts-wise within a week span, but actually a possible landfall within uh, 48 hours. That's unprecedented for our area. What is the status of Marco? It's still projected to come ashore or make landfall around midday today? Uh, yes, that is correct. It uh, looks like Marco is about uh, about a hundred and uh, about one hundred sixty miles south of the south of the mouth of the Mississippi River. That's a tongue twister. Uh, and continue to move north and then more northwest and west northwest along the Louisiana coast. And looks like landfall will be sometime this afternoon, depending on depending on when it makes landfall. But it looks like sometime this afternoon. And some of the things that have occurred, it's actually become a little bit weaker. It was a hurricane yesterday, now it's a tropical storm. What does that mean? What is the difference between a tropical storm and a hurricane in terms of wind speed? 
Uh, wind speed, uh, hurricane is 74 or 74 miles per hour, greater than 74 miles per hour. Uh, tropical storm is, is 39 miles per hour up to 70, uh, 73. And so the wind speeds are the difference. So it's a high, it's kind of a mid tropical storm, if you could say that. We don't rate the tropical storm by ratings, but right now it's it exhibiting uh, 50 mile per hour sustained winds as it continues to move uh, towards the north northwest and really has lost a lot of the um the storms that have actually been displaced to the north and northeast if you uh if if, you know people on the mississippi gulf coast have kind of looked at you know the morning and the media and the social media they kind of see all the storms actually over near alabama and mississippi alabama and florida there's some showers in the Mississippi coastals, but they're not as heavy as that activity over near the Florida Panhandle. It looks like the, uh, Marco will skirt Mississippi's Gulf Coast. However, what I understand is that the eastern side of a storm is the strongest side. So what can Mississippi expect in terms of storm surge and winds and rainfall? Well, because it is weakening, we did um, – there, there's, still, there's still a storm surge uh, possibility – for um, for Hancock and Harrison, and just a coastal flood oh, a flood advisory for uh, for Jackson County. So we're expecting around two to four inches for the storm surge warning area, and two to three for the coastal flood. And that's been downgraded downgraded as far as the inundation. That's actually been lowered. It was three to five, and some possibility of four to six. That has has been lowered to two to four, and so that threat has, as I wouldn't say diminished. Inundation is still life threatening if you get to three feet, but the the values are actually a little bit lower because of uh, the the uh, the Marco is becoming a little bit weaker as it approaches the coast. Let's move ahead to what may be a greater threat later in the week, and that's uh, Tropical Storm Laura, which, as I understand, will become Hurricane Laura at some point. Yeah, it looks like right now it's Tropical Storm. Um, it's actually south of Cuba, the, and, and actually it'll continue to move off to the west-northwest over the next uh, 48 hours and actually emerge over the southeast Gulf of Mexico uh, sometime Tuesday morning and become a hurricane by Tuesday afternoon as it continues to move towards the northwest, towards the uh, uh, southwest Louisiana and the upper Texas coast. But uh, we, we always tell people not to concentrate on that forecast cone. The impacts can lie well to the east, uh, well outside of that cone, and we could, you know, southeast Mississippi, uh, excuse me, southern Mississippi, uh, also southwest Mississippi can still get impacts as it moves inland, and as they continue to move inland Thursday and Friday, uh, parts of North Mississippi could get some impacts as well, and and those impacts are heavy rain and bands and possible tornadoes, uh, especially to the east of the center of circulation. Um, anything else in terms of threats to the Mississippi Gulf Coast? You you made it sound like Marco can be a big deal, but certainly not as potentially dangerous as Laura might be. Yeah, I would say this. We we were looking at Marco as a very concentrated storm. Laura is a more broad storm, and so as it moves into the Gulf, you will start to see some of the water rising on the Mississippi coast, and it may be well ahead, well before um, Laura makes landfall. And so even though you may anticipate a landfall sometime late Wednesday into Thursday, uh, several hundred miles away, 
and to the west, you may exhibit some storm surge or, or the water uh, levels increasing going into Tuesday night and to Wednesday well before the storm makes landfall. And I think that may catch people off guard as far as doing their preparations. They may be wondering, well, we're, we're 24 hours away from landfall. That water may be coming up uh, a day early. So I just want people to be aware of that. And, again, the impacts of squalls may still exist, even though a possible landfall is going to be uh, 100 miles or 200 miles west of the Mississippi coast. I have one last question for you. How will Marco affect prep preparation for Laura in coastal counties? Meaning, does does the coast have time to to sort of get over whatever Marco does before Laura comes ashore? Well, uh, it, the saving grace is Marco is a little bit weaker than we anticipated. And even though we, you know, this is a window that we probably can take advantage of, um, especially um, going into today, if if the storm surge is not as as bad as we were forecasting, and so that window is very short. So I think you know we've always anticipated a short window of 18 to 24 hours, uh, starting after uh, in the afternoon today, and then going into the nighttime, and then water's building back up Tuesday, going into Tuesday night. So you don't have that long. The other thing is we're going into night, and so a lot of times you don't have that you don't have that daylight hour to do that. So preparations, if there's a window, possibly this afternoon, and maybe early tomorrow morning is probably as a possible to do a lot of completion if in in lieu of, of uh, landfall or possible um, waters uh, building up going into Tuesday into Tuesday night. Freddie Ziegler is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in New Orleans. Great information. Thanks so much for being with us, Freddie. Thank you, Karen. Next, state officials prepare residents for dangers associated with the looming tropical cyclones. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is under a state of emergency as its coastal areas brace for a potential back-to-back punch of tropical weather events. In a press conference announcing the emergency declaration, Governor Tate Reeves acknowledged the unprecedented situation the Gulf Coast states are facing. This should surprise no one uh, that uh, since 1869, uh, uh, this has happened twice, Uh, excuse me, happened 10 times since 1869 that two storms are anticipated to hit the United States of America within uh, a one-week period. Uh, The latest time that occurred was in September of 2002, and before that it occurred in 1959, and before that it occurred in 1933. So prior to uh, 1933, it occurred seven times. Yesterday, Greg Michelle, director of the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, announced localized evacuations in Hancock County. Hancock County currently are the only areas that we're looking at making some mandatory evacuations in and around the areas of the uh, city of Waveland. They're working those on locally right now. And Hancock County is slated to open up a shelter up there. Uh, the big key takeaway from this storm is that it did make some abrupt changes. It appears that the storm track 
uh, is pretty much locked on a course over the last couple of updates we've had. It stayed pretty consistent with its storm track, time of arrival, uh, as well as uh, where it is supposed to land in Louisiana. As state officials manage the dangers Marco presents to the coastal counties, they're also looking ahead to the threat Laura could pose later this week. Governor Reeves says Mississippians could see the eastern, traditionally stronger side of the storm. We do believe at this time uh, that it is likely to hit uh, the state of Louisiana. However, uh, we know that that would put us on the eastern front of that particular storm. And we know that the eastern front is tends to be the area uh, that gets the most difficult uh, time of any tropical storm. Or in the case of Laura, uh, it is anticipated that it is very possible that it can uh, strengthen over the next several days and become, at a minimum, a level one hurricane. And we know that once it gets into the Gulf, um, it is it is uh, it can go. Uh, very fast, it could go very slow, and it could gain significant strength, and we need to be prepared for that. Aside from the double hit the storms could provide, the state is also facing the challenges of managing hurricane preparation and relief in the midst of a pandemic. Reeves says COVID-19 is changing the ways shelters operate. We are in unprecedented times. We are dealing with not only two potential storms We are also dealing with COVID-19. Because of COVID-19, our shelter space is limited compared to how it normally would be. What that means to you is, should you need to get out, should you need to move north or perhaps east or or even potentially west, depending on the storm, you need to make plans early to do so. Because of COVID-19, we are trying very, very hard to maintain social distancing, the requirement of masks, and other things. And so um, we don't know if, if the evacuations are going to be necessary at this time. Uh, we do not know if they're going to be mandatory at this time. We will monitor over the next several days. But we do want to put you on alert that should you need to evacuate, uh, that we're going to need to do so Um, earlier than normal because we're not going to have the shelter space just simply based upon the fact that our total sheltering space will be uh, reduced by approximately half to two-thirds because of COVID-19. MEMA Director Greg Michelle says there's a short window available between the two storm tracks should Mississippians need to evacuate. He says it's important for residents to be on alert. So we've got about two to three days of difference between these two storm tracks. So uh, what I would tell you is do not take this for granted. Uh, once the storm gets out of the Gulf, either one of these storms could make some, some, uh, some changes. So reminder to everyone, check your uh, emergency kits. Make sure that you do have an evacuation plan. I have spoken with the individuals in Louisiana, my counterpart in Louisiana. Uh, they are not uh, making, other than a few, a few isolated places, mandatory evacuations necessary. Uh, no need for contraflow at this time. Uh, so it looks like Louisiana will be handling all of their evacuations on a local level. But we've got to keep our eyes on these storms. Make sure that you are going to evacuate and remember to take uh, PPE with you. Make sure that you have it available. Avoid congregate shelters 
uh, at all costs unless you just have to to avoid uh, exposure to COVID. And if you are going to be leaving your area, make sure that you let your loved ones or friends know where you're going to be traveling to so someone can have a track on you. And as always, make sure that you stay in touch uh, with our website and our updates that we're putting out uh, at www.msema.org as we continue to watch uh, Hurricane Marco and Tropical Storm Laura over the next few days. Hancock, Harrison, and Jackson counties are currently under a tropical storm warning. Parts of Hancock and Harrison are also under a storm surge warning. Coming up, healthy habits to strengthen the immune system ahead of an unprecedented flu season. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Since the early days of March, Mississippi, like much of the nation, has faced the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. In late July and early August, as cases surged, the health care system fell under strain to treat those infected with the virus. Now, as fall approaches, health officials worry flu season could exacerbate that stress on Mississippi's hospitals. They say the best way for residents to help is to get a flu vaccine. But according to Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, a healthy, well-maintained immune system is a good asset any time of year. Our immune system is something that we should be trying to support year-round, but especially as we enter the fall, because not only are we going to have COVID-19, we're going to have you know, the regular flu and colds. So we want to support our immune system as as much as we can and a lot of times people think that means supplements or you know taking some type of medication when reality it's lifestyle behaviors so it's making sure that we eat a diet that's low in processed foods and high in things like vitamins and minerals and fiber and getting enough sleep and getting exercise and working on our stress levels. All of those things um, can impact our immune system. And if we don't take care of them, it can actually lower our immune response to things. Before we talk about foods and exercise, or maybe this is part of it, but you say the word stress and I think people go, yeah, absolutely. I've been stressed for months now over this. What's the best way to address that? Well, I think one is to kind of step back and see if you can identify what it is that is is causing the stress. You know, is it um, because you feel like you've kind of got too many projects going on or, you know, too many pots on the fire, so to speak, and, you know, how you can better manage your time um, from that perspective. The other, you know, and I've talked about it um, on our show before, is um, maybe laying off the social media. It causes a lot of stress. For folks, um, you know, there, it's a very kind of polarized area right now, and people getting into into Facebook disagreements and whatnot. And so, kind of just unplugging from social media and you know the even uh, the the news sometimes just kind of stepping back from it 
will help with some of those things. Um, but intentionally pouring into yourself and working on your stress with things like deep breathing exercises and uh, mindfulness and relaxation techniques, all of those are important in an overall healthy, a healthy living plan. All right. We're going to go back to food and vitamins now. First of all, can you pop a vitamin supplement and be done with it for the day? I would say no. <laughs> um, so supplements are, of course, not regulated by the FDA. So they may may or may not have what it says is on the outside of the bottle in there. Um, we talked about the USP seal is a, a voluntary um, certification that supplement companies can submit their products to to kind of give you a little bit more of a safeguard on the potency of what's inside the bottle. Um, but when we just take a supplement, what we're not giving our body is the other things that come with the vitamins and minerals and food. So try not to think of things as individual vitamins or minerals, but as a nutrient package. So the, uh, the majority of our immune function is actually supported by a healthy gut. And our gut likes to be fed things that help support a healthy gut microbiome or the set of bacteria that are in our gut. And it likes things called prebiotics, uh, which are people are familiar with the term probiotics, which are kind of the actual organisms that we get in yogurt and fermented products. Um, but prebiotics are the, the things that uh, the healthy bacteria like to, to munch on. And that is fiber-rich foods, so vegetables, fruits, whole grains. Those are really what is needed, it, not just the vitamin and mineral, but the entire nutrient package. You talked about prebiotics, now probiotics. I know that Greek mm-hmm. yogurt has probiotics in it, but what, what does that do? Why do we need that? So we want to establish a, a healthy environment in our gut, and so there are bacteria that are better for us um, than then bacteria that are, are less awesome for us. And so the ones that we see in probiotics are usually considered those kind of helpful uh, bacteria. Um, but we can support that with the combination of um, the prebiotic food and then just choosing you know, fermented foods. So things like yogurt or um, tempeh or um, uh, kombucha or uh, sauerkraut, things like that that have a a fermented process to them can be a great addition to um, the diet to help with those healthy bacteria in the gut. What else? Exercise can, can boost your immune system? It can. Now, there can be a point where you exercise too much and it has the opposite effect. Um, but the average, you know, recommendation of about 30 minutes a day, five days out of the week is a great, great goal to set and strive for um, to help not only improve um, your immune system, but also to improve uh, your mental health and help with that stress that we talked about. What else? Anything else people need to know in terms of, sleep. you know, setting themselves up to be, to be healthy? Yes. So sleep is the other piece that's often neglected and missed. Um, And so the average adult needs somewhere between seven to nine hours of good quality sleep. 
Uh, and so that if we don't sleep well, then that can affect our immune function as well as stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as making uh, our blood sugar a little higher than we would like for it to be, make us have cravings for foods that, that aren't those prebiotic foods. Um, so making sure that we are really intentionally trying to get good quality sleep is very important. Josie Bidwell is the UMMC Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine, Lifestyle Medicine Nurse Practitioner, and the host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB, which airs Monday at 11. Thank you so much, Josie. You're welcome. Thank you, Karen. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.